Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny's doing a show all by herself. Yep, it's a solo show. And she's going to be chatting about if you want to be a soul digger with her. Curious? I bet you are. So tune in and find out what the heck that really means to be a soul digger and why she's so passionate these days about living a soul-driven life. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Happy Friday. I am your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we are here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, and soon KPCA out of Petaluma, uh, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found. You can find them online at 1150kknw.com. You can also find them as a podcast uh, on iTunes or Podcast One, and I'm sure other platforms that I am now learning about. (laughs) So at least iTunes and Podcast One if you like podcasts. Um, You can find out more about me and connect with me for coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. And this is a special edition of Sunny in Seattle. So it always surprises me, um, Benny, that we have been on the air together for about four and a half years. Isn't that crazy? I'm so proud. So happy to. Thank you. Thank you to you, all the little people out there that made this possible. Yeah. And yeah, well, I mean, it really wouldn't be possible if I always say this, uh, you know, when if you haven't seen behind the scenes with Benny, he is he is a producer. He is on air talent. He is an engineer. He's got about eight to 10 computer screens running at any given time. And, whoa, 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 whoa. I, yeah. just, I just doubled everything by that account. All right. Well, you've got your laptop. You've got sometimes you've right, got two laptops right. yeah, in yeah. there. You've got all the equipment. So all that to say, um, doing none of this right would be. I think you are right. I, there is there is eight screens. You are correct. I have told. I have Dang. counted when I've been in there before, and You're good. so I just. <laughs> well, You're good. I've been impressed by what you do, so well, I want to call it out for people out there listening that this thanks. none of this would be possible without Benny. So thanks. I'm like the the man behind the curtain, right? Like <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I'm front of the curtain. That's the way we like yeah. it. Everybody asks about Benny. I'm shy. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> I have my moments. Well, Benny is one of the main reasons that I um, actually, you know, when I was looking at joining KKNW, um, Benny was one of the motivating factors is knowing that I got to work with him and um, his energy. Um, what you hear on the radio is what you get. That is Benny, whether he's on air or off. And um, it's just been a joy. But Aww. Uh, Aww. <laughs> yeah. you know, I for that, to go with all that, you get a ding. <laughs> ding. Hey, thanks. Really? <laughs> no, I know wholeheartedly. I appreciate that. That was very sweet of you. Yeah, well, and one of the things that Benny does so beautifully is manage all of the guests that we have. And we have, you know, I started Sunny in Seattle. Um, I was going through life coach training at the time with Martha Beck. And um, I I started this because I was coming into contact. I really started my own spiritual awakening at that point. Um, Martha was the catalyst that really, one of the primary ones that took me out of my old life when I was still married and living in Texas and um, wasn't actively practicing law, but that had been really my career. Um And so, you know, you have those catalysts, those exit ramps where it's kind of like the universe is signaling from the side of the freeway. Hey, are you going to get off this highway to nowhere (laughs) and really take this this kind of um, off the beaten path route to your best destiny? And Martha was one of those signals for me or those signs, those posts on the side of the road that said, hey, 
you, you came here for more and, um, let's do this. And so while I was going through that, of course, Martha, I didn't set out to become a life coach. I just wanted to stay connected to Martha. Um, I'd gone to a retreat at her ranch and read all of her books in quick succession. Once I discovered her through her column in Oprah magazine. And, um, I was discovering at that point, all these amazing teachers and healers and, um, coaches who were doing incredible work in the world that I didn't even know about in the realms of science and spirituality and when those intersect and mind, body, spirit, wellness and all kinds of things from, you know, building labyrinths to angel readings. Um, and I wanted to showcase those. So that was my goal. But I will tell you, and I've talked about this, I think some on the show that um, I am most comfortable showcasing other people's work. Um, and one of those things, and the reason I'm bringing this up is in case this resonates for anyone out there, I want to encourage you to, um, as Benny said in the intro, come out from behind the curtain. Um, I thought for many years, you know, that I'm here to present other people's work. I'm a curator of other people's work, and I, I bring that to my clients. I have a toolkit that's pretty extensive because I read a lot for this show, but I think what anyone will find, because we are humans and by nature, because we have a piece of the divine within us, because we have a part of our creator in us, we are creative. We are creators. And I'm not saying we're all God, but we have, we are divine. And we're like the droplets that come out of the ocean that is source. And by that very nature, you are a creator of something, even if it seems small, small or large, it really doesn't matter. Um, but you have something to offer. And so since I began this path, I guess I started life coach training in 2013. And so what are we looking at? Six years plus a couple more where I was really, you know, my eyes were starting to open between 2009 to 2012. Um, many people were called away from their old lives in that period of time. There was some really big astrological things happening that, and also, you know, when we hit 2012 and what all of the wisdom traditions and indigenous cultures have prophesied for many years, we are in a time of awakening, a new sheet on the cosmic calendar, so to speak. Um, and in that sense, um, I think we all have something to offer. And so as I went through all of these, these years, um, I have been developing some of my own things and I've been afraid to share them because to me, you know, how can I say something any different or better than Martha Beck? How can I elaborate on what Wayne Dyer has already put out into the world or all the, you know, the the beautiful writers and teachers that have been around for, you know, many of them for millennia. I mean, going back to, you know, Yogananda and Jesus and Buddha and all of the the teachings that we have. So what do I have that could be different or better? And here's what I have to say, that we all have a unique blend of, of energy and, um, just beingness that is unique to us. And that's going to resonate with people out there differently, um, for every different person. Like what, for example, what Martha Beck packages and says is, is, I mean, the message of love transcends all of these teachings from, you know, the Bible forward all the way to, you know, our current, uh, self-help genre and, you know, uh, personal development and human potential movement stuff. Um, but the way that that particular person packages it is how it's going to land best in my heart. Um, and so there are teachers out there that I respect and admire, but the way that they voice the message is not the way that it lands in my heart. And so you out there, me here behind the mic, 
we have something to offer that will resonate for the specific people in our life, whether that's just your immediate family of origin and the coworkers in your office or to hundreds of thousands of people if that's your platform. But you are here to spread a message that will resonate with a certain group of people. And if you don't share it, then they're not going to get the transformation that is coming from you that they need. Um, and I'm not saying they won't awaken or they're doomed, but I'm just saying that they will be missing a critical piece of, of their own awakening that you might be here to offer. So all that to say, today is a very special edition of Sunny in Seattle. It is only the third show that I have done without a guest because I'm going to be talking about one of my passion projects that frankly I have been holding since 2013 <laughs> when the idea first came to me. Um, and that's a lot of noodling. That's a lot of hiding, quite frankly. But you know what? Sometimes for a seed to germinate, Certain plants take a little bit longer to reach the surface and reach for the sunshine than others. Um, take giant bamboo, for example. It spends years creating this huge network of roots that extend so deep and wide. So when it finally comes out of the ground, it can withstand just about anything. Um, so maybe it's taken a little while for you to germinate and that is okay. When it comes up, it is the divine right timing and I trust these things. I spent several years, you know, doing Unhitched and I, I am very passionate about helping women make the right decisions around their relationships because to me, a bad relationship is an energy suck that can take away from the work that you came here to do in the world. And if that's the case, then something needs to be healed or changed or left. Um, so, you know, I've spent the last several years doing that and I will continue to offer Unhitched as a book, as a program, as a coaching offering, because I think it's important. That said, something that I'm offering now, um, and you may have seen it on my Facebook feed, and we're going to talk about it here today, is called Soul Digger. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about where this came from. I'm going to tell you about what it means. And I'm also going to share with you, if you want to be a part of my Founders Club of the Soul Digger membership community, then I want you to be a part of it with me. And I can't imagine anyone that I would rather have coming with me than the KKNW listening audience. And I know we've already got some people signed up. Um, just on the outset, um, we are going to be closing the doors um, for this round um, on October the 1st. And, uh, and oh, so quick, a little in, uh, intermission here. We've got one of the wonderful technicians here at KPCA. And hi, Jeff. <laughs> Say hello to everyone in Seattle. Hi, Seattle. Yes. And so here, this is the fun of live radio. You'll get to hear this. I turned this down because then he was getting feedback from the... Yeah, oh. so sorry. I know I'm not being recorded for my okay, purposes, but I did it on purpose. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll say thank you to Jeff, the awesome people we've got here, just like Benny in Seattle. We've got Jeff. That's right. Thanks, Jeff. Let's go, Jeff. All right. <laughs> I know this is, I'm doing a trial run here. We're not actually airing live in Petaluma at the moment, but I came into the studio just to see, you know, make sure I know how long it takes me to get here, what the Wi-Fi situation is, because we're connected, <laughs> you know, all the good stuff. So anyway, okay, so um, we are closing the doors on this round of registration. If you want to join me to be part of the initial Founders Club on October 1st. So um, just putting that out there now, um, if you want to find out more as we're talking about it on the show before I really dive into the meat and potatoes, just go to my website, goldenoversoul.com. Com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And right underneath my big old picture on the homepage, you will see a link to find out more and register for the Founders Club. 
Um, what I will tell you if you do decide to join as a Founders Club member is um, your price uh, for the duration that I run this, which I hope will be many, many years, you will never pay more than the monthly membership price that I've got listed there, which I have tried to make very approachable. I want this to be um, part of the reason when I when I beta tested this, let me just preface it with, I beta tested this with a wonderful group of women back in May for a five-week program. But here's the thing. Spiritual practice and spiritual journey, and as Ram Dass says, walking each other home is an ongoing practice. And a five-week program is not going to cut it. Yes, it will it will wet your whistle and get dip your toe in the water and all that, but this is about inspiration, learning, and support on an ongoing basis. And so for that reason, I wanted to make it an approachable monthly price. That's about, you know, if you get your coffee out, it's about the same price as you probably spend in a month on your coffee or a dinner out or something like that. So, um, that's, those are the details I'll give you on the front end. And so now I will tell you a little bit about why soul digger, what the heck does that even mean? Uh, it sure does sound close to gold digger. Is that a good thing? <laughs> There's a reason behind that. Um, and I feel like um, this inspiration didn't come from me. It came through me. And I know that there, um, this work, this soul digger work is a love letter to me 15 years ago. And I hope that for those who need it, that it will be a love letter to them as well. And it will provide you um, the support that you need that I had to piecemeal together. I mean, I followed the breadcrumbs. I just did a little Facebook live about it. I followed the breadcrumbs, but there are a lot of stops and starts. And uh, sometimes the journey, you kind of feel like you're alone. Um, I don't want you to feel alone. And uh, so if this resonates for you, then there is a community waiting for you. Okay. So I wanted to start. Um, there's a quote that I heard. I was listening to uh, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, another fabulous podcast. Um, and there are um, gosh, she's got years of them now, uh, there. So this particular conversation happened to come from Oprah and Brene Brown, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, um, just really has paved the way for us to be able to talk publicly about vulnerability and shame. Um, something that has been in a dark closet for a long time. So thank you, Brene. So she and Oprah were having a conversation and Oprah says, but doesn't every story, when you get to the last layer in the onion that you're peeling away of yourself, isn't the bottom layer always, I'm not enough. And Brene responds, it's almost always, I'm not enough. And uh, that's from Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, July 18th, 2018, if you want to look that up. So this really, this was already, <laughs> I've been creating like the content and the outline for Soul Digger for really six years now. So anytime I hear an interview, I hear a conversation in the grocery store. Anytime I come across an article that applies, I grab it. And I grabbed that little quote because when I started going through life coach training and we started learning Byron Katie's uh, system of inquiry thought work, you know, how do you dissolve some of the painful, limiting, fearful thoughts that as humans we have running through our head 60 to 80,000 times a day. And what the instructor told us at the time was that you know, everyone has some variation of negative, limited, fearful thinkings. So there, there's really nothing new and different out there. We're all repeating some variation of the same thought. And who knows why that is? Maybe it's the collective unconscious. Maybe it's subconscious programming that we keep passing down. I don't, whatever. I have my thoughts on where it comes from. But bottom line, they said that all of these threads of limited thinking, they all come back to one root core thought. One, I'm not enough. And... I have come to believe that the only reason we feel that we're not enough 
is not lack of education. It's not because we need more things around us to prove our worth. It is not because we haven't done enough self-help work. It's not because we haven't listened to enough personal development teachers. I believe the reason that we all humans at our core feel not enough is that we're relying solely on the human small self and forgetting about our connection to our soul. And I, when I say soul, for anyone out there listening, please don't get hooked on semantics. I'm going to call it that because my offering is soul digger. But to me, that word means your higher self, your inner being, your meta self, whatever you want to call it. And if you don't believe you have a soul or anything like that, then I would just, what I usually tell clients around this is, there is an innate intelligence inside of you that knows to heal your cuts without you thinking about it. There is an intelligence outside of you that keeps the planets uh, moving, that keeps the birds migrating, that keeps the seasons repeating. Just trust in that innate intelligence, that greater part. And there's a part of that in you. That's the part that heals your cuts, makes your hair grow, all the things. So uh, I think that we feel like we're not enough because we're relying only on our human small self. And we have forgotten that there is a spiritual being inside of us, a soul that, like I said, is a piece of our creator. So the power that creates worlds moves through you. And if that doesn't make you feel like enough, what can? So I think we need to take it back to the root, to our core, to the soul. So I didn't always feel this way. And if you've listened to the show long enough, then you know bits and pieces of my story. But I'm going to share a bigger piece of my story here today um, and really tie it to this work in hopes that it can help you identify the places in your life where you may have forgotten the spiritual being or the soul inside of you, the powerful, magnificent, dearly loved spiritual being there that exists. So you know, I'm a recovering attorney. I'm a practicing coach. Um, but what led up to that is I grew up in um, a, um, a far in East Texas town in a fairly um, conservative community, socially, politically, religiously, all of the things. And um, I point this out because I one of the reasons I think that we have forgotten that we are enough is because in the West, a lot, even if you are not religious, even if you are not a Puritan, our roots come from that. And while I'm going to do a whole nother line of work and we're going to go into this in Soul Digger as one of our components, I believe that the message that traditional fundamentalist Christianity or even just really Christianity basically has been preaching is that we were born flawed and that we need to be saved by Jesus in order to be made whole. And I don't believe that. I believe Jesus had a much different message. And if you listen to my interview with Megan Watterson several weeks ago, she's just one of many, where, you know, we're discovering ancient texts that were hidden, burned, uh, uh, taken out of the, you know, New Testament as we know it, or the Bible as we know it. Um, and those were the texts, ironically enough, that were hidden, burned, and that the monks, that a few really sneaky, wonderful monks hid all say the same thing that, you know, Jesus didn't come to save us. He came to show what is possible when humans are fully activated. He came to show what is possible if we had an earth full of him, like him with Christ consciousness walking around. But <laughs> the distorted message that I think started being put together back in about the fourth or fifth century was that, and it's a lot easier. I mean, there were political reasons behind it there. I don't think they were all malevolent reasons. Read some of Elaine Pagel's work if you want to see kind of the circumstances under which 
um, these early messages were formed. But I don't want to get too far on a digression. But bottom line, the message that has been passed down that I think a lot of people in the West, even if it is not being currently, if even if you're not hearing it currently, even if they didn't preach it in your home growing up, it infiltrates our being to a certain degree. It's been passed down just like generational trauma. I think there are some things that are in our DNA that um, are not helpful to us. And I think the message that we were born flawed, uh, that we needed saving or fixing is one of those things. Um, and you know, it's interesting if you look at Eastern traditions and, um, Eastern religions, they are not based on the belief, the underlying belief that humans are born bad, um, or flawed or sinful. Uh, original sin is a new concept really in the grand scheme of things, but they are born believing that humans are innately good. And many of their wisdom traditions and religions have been based on that. Um, so without going further into that, I believe that's why we carry a lot of, uh, not enoughness with us. And so when I was raised in a setting in the soup that was, you know, there that you're not good enough by very nature of how you were born. And then you pile on top of that. Um, I don't know why exactly. Um, I've got suspicions, but I never felt enough. I always felt unattractive, not intelligent, not cool, not uh, all of the things that it seemed like were valued in our culture. When you look around into our crazy culture and see um, the things that were valued, I didn't feel like I had. Um, and so slowly but surely, as I looked and thought, okay, so who are the people that are really praised in our culture? They're rich, they're famous, they're pretty, they have power, they're really, they've got lots of education. And, and what's valued the way that you were raised will be very different. They may have valued spirituality and they may have valued selflessness and they may have valued uh, really shunning money as the root of all evil. I don't know. But for me, I started looking around myself and trying to accumulate as an armor around me all the things that would make me feel better about myself. And so that's really how I came to um, to have a career in law. I didn't have an inherent love of the law. I wanted a graduate degree and a career that would be safe and make me feel successful and impressive and not disappoint my peers, my family. My, not that my parents ever made me feel this way. This is what I made of the cultural soup that I was raised in. So I don't know what that looked like for you, but what what made you feel not enough, if that is the core underlying human belief that we all tend to come back to? Okay, so here we go. Then I'm moving on forward in my life, and I go to law school and end up meeting um, a, a very powerful man who, um, before I entered law school, actually, and he was a very successful, very wealthy attorney. You've heard me speak of him. His name is Rob. He was a very good man, and uh, we just were not a very good romantic match. But when I met him, what I did was, and this is something that I think we all have a tendency to do as humans, if there is a part of yourself that you are not comfortable actualizing, manifesting, or actually embodying, we project that onto someone else. And so my power, my innate power as a divine, magnificent spiritual being that flows through me, that I am the conduit for, just conduit for just like all of you are. I handed that to him and said, here, you carry it. You sure are doing a good job being smart and outspoken and creating a huge law firm and doing all this crazy successful work in the world. Here, you carry it for me. 
And that way it was safer for me because I felt safer riding his coattails than trying to create something on my own because I was too afraid of failing and I was too afraid I couldn't do it. And I put all my eggs in someone else's basket, basically. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But what happens when you do that, what happens when you hand parts of yourself to someone else to embody or hold, that that goes against our nature. It's actually kind of a violation of who we are. And so I got to a point in my marriage, and as you know, I had a really high conflict marriage. We were like kerosene and fire. I used to say oil and water. Kerosene and fire is more accurate. You can't live like that for a long time without it just becoming exhausting. I mean, I would have burned out like a flame, literally, kerosene and fire. I would have burned out like a flame a lot earlier, I think, had I forced myself to stay in there. Um, so I, I, when I found the writing of Dr. Martha Beck and a few other catalysts, I left that life. But I didn't know what I was jumping into. And again, I say this because if you are looking at a future of unknowns based um, compared with pain you are currently experiencing in a job, in a relationship, in a community, um, I didn't know either what the future would look like. I was jumping without a net. And what I decided at that point was that I was going to believe it was a friendly universe until told otherwise. Uh, there's a quote attributed to Einstein that says, that the most important decision that we can make is whether we believe it's a friendly universe. I decided to believe that. And I gave it kind of a time limit in my head. And I said, okay, look, I don't know what's out there. I don't like the God that was presented to me when I was younger. It does not resonate of truth with me. So I'm just going to throw it out to the universe and hope that there is something benevolent, a force, a consciousness, uh, some type of a divine element that will meet me halfway because I can't live like this anymore. And it's funny, the way that I began to do that, and this is find a way that is simple for you. Do it as a trial run because um, what's it going to hurt? If you're already in pain, just try it for six weeks, six months, whatever that looks like. So whenever I saw 1111 on the clock, I didn't even know what a master number was. All I know, all I knew at the time was that growing up when anyone saw 1111 on the clock, they would make a wish. And so I decided that it would be a little prayer, mantra, wish of some sort, that whatever was supposed to happen would happen, whatever that was. And I wasn't going to try to white knuckle death grip it anymore. And when I did that, that is when my life opened up. That is when the breadcrumbs started appearing to lead me to Seattle to meet the man that I've been with for over seven years now that has been a love greater than anything I could ever have imagined was possible in human form. Um, that is when the breadcrumbs opened up for me to meet you on the airwaves through KKNW, to come to Petaluma and then now broadcast from KPCA and all the other things that are happening and to bring you Soul Digger finally after these many years that I have been sitting with it. So I notice we're at our time for our break. I was worried about not having enough material today because I haven't done a solo show for a while. Clearly, I'm not going to get through all of it, but I'm going to do my best to at least give you the overview of what we're dealing with here with Soul Digger. So um, it's 930. Let's take our break. When we come back, I will tell you where the name came from, and then I'll tell you about what it means to be a soul digger. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, Benny on the board, and we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host today, Sunny Joy, and usually I would say joined by, and today I don't get to say that because it's just me, which is awesome. Well, I guess we got Vinny here. So. Yeah, or you could be me, myself, and I. There's three. There we go. Yes, me and my soul. There's two at yeah. least. So, Boom. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, we've been talking today about Soul Digger, and I gave you some background on where this, I think, came from, and uh, now I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the name and why it's important. Um, so, you know, Soul Digger and all of my, if you've been to the landing page, um, of course, or if you've checked out the website for this, so again, if you want to do that while we're on the show, I uh, invite you to do that. If you go to my website, goldenoversoul.com, um, underneath my picture, you will see a link for information and registration for the Founders Club. So you'll see in most of my materials around this, there is gold. And of course, this Soul Digger is a play on Gold Digger. And I will say it's a... It, some things still have a little bit of an emotional charge. And so, you know, Brene Brown talks about not sharing your most vulnerable stories until you are healed or until you know that the person with whom you are sharing it has earned the right to hear it. And um, 
I have been tippy-toeing around this for a long time now because I was married to a really wealthy man and we had a very unusual relationship. And I know that there were people out there that perhaps questioned my motives. I know my motives. Uh, and we connected on some really deep levels around values and philosophy and spirituality and politics. And we made a good team in certain respects, just not a great romantic team. But I will tell you that because of how incredibly not enough I felt, how unworthy, how much I wanted to feel secure, I chose someone as a husband that would embody the power that I was not willing to hold myself. And thus, Gold Digger. Because when I look, well, I'll just, I'll say I'm really, I'm tired of our Real Housewives culture. I will just say that. Um, I think Real Housewives as a show oh, has been a guilty pleasure for a lot of people, but there's a reason it's a guilty pleasure. Um, and, you know, I know there are certain of the wives that Bethany Frankel, for example, that have gone on and created pretty successful businesses solo, and I applaud her for that. I don't think there's any good or bad here. I mean, this is not a morality question. This is not a judgment question. This is what I perceive being a lot of women who really are glorified in not stepping into their own power and not embodying who they truly are. Because I think you could use interchangeably the word gold digger with fame digger, career digger, power digger, marriage digger. What are you using in your life that is not a true embodiment of your power? It's what you're handing your power to. Are you handing it? Some people hand it to their kids. Some people hand it to their job. How are you using something outside of yourself to feel worthy? And I think that I want the name Soul Digger to be a little bit, uh, what's the word? Oh, subversive, incendiary. Uh, I want people to question it. I want there to be a little bit of um, a curiosity around why it's so close to Soul Digger. Because I feel like, as I said at the beginning of the show, if we're ever going to feel like we are enough, we're going to have to go somewhere inside of ourselves to the soul inside, to the peace of the divine inside. Um, when we put our power outside of ourselves, when we look to a, as I did, a powerful, wealthy husband, if we look to our career, if we look to our children, if we look to um, any of the other things out there, our bank account, we're looking to it because we think we will feel better in the having of it. And what we don't realize is that that is fool's gold. To put your worth outside of yourself is to hand your power to someone outside of yourself. That is fool's goal because you will come up empty. And that is what happened for me. I knew that I was meant for something more. There was a very small voice inside that had been drowned out by <laughs> all kinds of things. Uh, our cultural messages, my weekly subscription to People in Us Weekly did not help that. Um, it was drowned out by alcohol and drugs that numbed and buffered me from feeling what I really felt and knowing what I knew. It was drowned out by a bit of a little shopping problem that I had. Um, any of this can apply to anything out there. If you gamble, if you smoke, if you use sugar and flour, if you use alcohol, if you use oh, social media and Netflix binging, all of those things are ways to buffer away your life and not 
listen to and hear and know what you know. Listen to that still small voice inside that says you came here for something more. And you know who you are if you have been hearing that call. And I'm not talking more grandiose or fancy. I am talking more meaningful to the fulfillment of your soul purpose in this lifetime. And that could be raising amazing kiddos. It could be being a light in a dark office. It could be <laughs> starting a program called Soul Digger. I don't know. Whatever that is for you, it it you know what your more is. And if you are not listening to it, if you are putting these things outside of yourself, you will come up empty, as I did, which is why I left it all behind ultimately. So when we do end up not listening to the still small voice, when we forget who we really are, when you are not mining the gold that comes from your soul, when you're looking outside of yourself, you know, you settle for less than the dreams that are in your heart. You know, another thing that I found was that the world felt like a really big, unsafe, scary place. We have this funny thing, uh, I think it's called in psychological terms, confirmation bias. And it basically means, well, I'll just give you a, um, a little example. You can actually, I don't, uh, gosh, it's been a while since I've seen this video, so I wouldn't know where to direct you, but I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. So they had this group of people um, watch a video of people bouncing a ball back and forth to each other. And they said, count how many times the people bounce the ball. And so that's what people were looking for. After the video was over, they asked everybody how many times did the ball bounce. Everybody gave their numbers. And then the researcher said, so did you see that guy in a gorilla costume jump out and run around? And everyone in the video was, or everyone watching the video in the room was like, wait, what? They had been so focused on counting the number of times the ball bounced that they did not see a man in a gorilla costume in the video. That is how strong our confirmation bias is. So if you are not looking for your power, for your enoughness, if you're not looking for the miracles, if you're not looking to see all the good that is around you, you're not going to see it <laughs> because your mind is going to be focused on whatever it is that you're focusing on. So it's really it's a matter of remembering, you know, that we really are divinely supported and um, being a soul digger is all about setting your confirmation bias toward the things that are going to support you, that are going to help you remember who you really are so that you can follow the dreams in your heart, that you feel assisted, that the world is not as big and scary as you think it is, that there is so much more serendipity, synchronicity and miracles on a day-to-day -day basis than you probably realize are happening. Um, and another thing that I want to talk about, I mentioned, alluded to this earlier, you know, when you put your eggs in someone else's basket, when you hand your power to someone else, it really is a violation of your own boundaries. Um, Carla McLaren, who's a wonderful emotion researcher and empathy pioneer, she talks about anger being the honorable sentry. Sentry meaning, you know, like someone that's standing guard. I picture someone like on the side of a castle with a big spear in his hand, like a sentry that's monitoring who is coming up and approaching the moat. Um, so she calls anger the honorable sentry, and it can signal the violation of a boundary. And so you may know that you have handed your power over to someone else, that you are not embodying this, this being that you truly are. If you kind of feel angry and resentful at your spouse, at your employer, at your family members, whoever it is that you've handed your power to, you may end up feeling on a conscious or subconscious level a little bit angry. And that's exactly what happened with my ex-husband, well, you know, then husband. Um, I 
really was mad at him for things that I had done to myself. And he didn't ask for my power. I'm the one who willingly handed it over. So just know that, you know, if you're feeling a little bit resentful, angry, frustrated, it could be if this resonates for you because you have handed this wonderful uh, soul power that you have to someone else in some form, you know, in the form of a job, in the form of a relationship, in the form of uh, your kids, any of those things. So I want to offer, and this is where I want to go with Soul Digger, like the dream come true when you are living a life that is soul driven, not human small self driven, but soul driven. And, you know, believe me, let me do the little caveat. I believe here we come to earth to have a human experience like uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Um, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience. And so there is a human experience. I mean, when we're not in human form, my gosh, I think everything works a hell of a lot easier and better. Um, but we come here because we want to experience things just like an actor who takes on a role. Uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio and The Revenant went through some really uh, not so comfortable things, but stretched him as an actor. And at the end of the day, he got to go home and then he has that experience under his belt of that award winning role. In the same way, I believe we come here for a human experience. So I want to embrace that. I don't want to shun the ego and kill the ego and 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 you know some people who desire to leave this earth a lot faster than they're ready to leave now i would say you know i interviewed danny and brinkley who has had several near-death experiences um he's got some great books out there and um, i've heard this from a number of channeled sources as well as danny and who experienced it um, as a human who went to the other side and came back through his near-death experience but that when we get to the other side we are itching to get back here. We're like, oh, no, give me another five minutes, another year, another something so that I can do the work that I came here to do. Let me go back. I remember who I am. I know that I can do this. Um, and I want us to experience that while we're in human form for us to remember uh, what what it really is to be an embodied soul. So experiencing the human part, but with the broader foundation or the broader umbrella that we are a soul. And so when we do that, that's when you live the life of peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. You know, like I've said in the show intro for four and a half years, those are the biggies for me. Um, when you are really living as a soul who is embodied and remembering that over the small human self, you know who you are, you know what you are, you know how you serve. That's, of course, from Paul Selig and Melchizedek. Uh, in the words of Abraham, you were tapped in, tuned in, turned on. You may have had glimpses. Maybe you're one who lives this more often than not. But for me, it is an ongoing practice of the remembering that helps me to tune into that. And that's when we really reach, you know, the highest potentials that are available to us. So, um, I want to share another quote, actually, and this is one that, um, has really been a, a inspirational source for me. Again, one of those ones that in the past six years, as I've been holding Soul Digger inside or, you know, in my notes that I came across and it's from Martha Beck. And she said, be brave enough to turn away from the shiny objects and toward the light that makes them shine. And uh, Soul Digger is all about turning toward the light that makes them shine. And I used to think that light was outside of me. And there is a huge amount of light outside of me. But you know what? It also comes from inside, too. So to turn toward the light, the light that makes the shiny objects of the human experience shine, that means 
turning toward the creator or the divine source or God or whatever you want to call it, but it also means turning inward to that piece of the light that lives inside of you. I want to fan the flames of that light through Soul Digger, and I want to remember with you, (laughs) help each other remember what that is so that we aren't so distracted by the shiny objects and putting our worth in the shiny objects. Because look, we're in a human body. Shiny objects are fun. Why do you think we wanted to come in human form? But when it becomes a substitute for your worth or it becomes such a distraction that you forget who you are as a soul, that's when it's problematic. So I want to be, I want to be on the path with a group of people, a community where we help each other remember. So I'll share now that we're getting, I can't even believe we're almost like, oh gosh, we haven't got so much more left in the show, but I want to talk about the four pillars of a soul digger life so that you know what we will be working on as a community together. Should you decide to join um, the founders club that begins on October 2nd? Um, The components that I have identified, and this is me kind of putting into buckets, the things that I have found are necessary for me to live a soul driven life, for me to remember who I really am. They are, Clearing the mind, cleaning the body, connecting the spirit, and then, of course, this whole human experience part, taking it to the world. And so I'll tell you what I mean by those, and I'll give you just a little brief, brief, um, I guess, explanation of these, um, but not even beginning to touch the depth that I want to go into with the folks in the community, the Soul Digger community. So, of course, clearing the mind. One of the things I have learned, well, let me just say overall, clearing the mind, that means getting into alignment cognitively with your soul by changing our thoughts. Because we've got a wonderful, wonderful brain that is the best supercomputer out there available. All this equipment that I'm looking at in this studio is nothing compared to what we have been gifted in this human body. But here's the thing, as you may have heard, the ancient proverb that the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. And we are very prone to forgetting. In fact, we are wired to forget. We come in forgetting who we really are. I think that's part of the experience. And with those 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, it is very easy to get wrapped up in those and forget um, exactly who we are. So through the work of wonderful people like Byron Katie and uh, Brooke Castillo and uh, so many others that give us tools to help deal with the monkey mind and, of course, mindfulness and meditation. Many of the teachers, David G., who's been on, um, those folks have given us the tools to get our mind into such a state that it is the servant, not the master. I want the soul and the heart to be the master. And there are ways to do that. And that's, of course, the the cognitive component. And not to mention the whole subconscious thing. Uh, You know, I love Dr. Bruce Lipton. And one of the things that I have taken away from his work is that from ages zero through seven, we're in theta wave state. And that's by design so that you can learn how to be a human. You can learn to walk and talk and how to fit into the tribe so that you survive. But if you receive some messaging that is not so supportive of you feeling like a wonderful, magnificent, divine being, there's some subconscious programming to undo. And there are a lot of teachers out there, you know, Dawson Church with EFT and, um, gosh, Theta Healing and all the other things. There are things that we can do to unwind that programming so that you are 
your mind is not a hindrance to your soul working through you and speaking to you. Then, of course, on the second pillar, cleaning the body. This is how we get into alignment with our soul through the mind-body connection, our emotions. You know, our body is the seat of our soul in physical reality. It is the interface between spirit and matter. It is your God pod, if you've heard that before. And the way that we are designed, if we, in perfect human form, we are a clear, conducive conductor, basically, for the soul to come through. We are the receiver. But here's the thing. If you were treating your body like crap, and I'm and not even treating it like crap, like this is just, it's like fine-tuning an instrument. If you're drinking too much, if you're eating foods that make you feel so full, you can't feel the vibrations of your emotions. If you are, um, gosh, if you are uh, not exercising, that's really moving the energy um, in your body, if you're not connecting with nature the way that we now have research showing how nature rebalances our bodily system, you are not the conductor or the receiver for your soul that you could be. And so cleaning the body is all about making our God pod receptive to the messages of our soul that are so that our soul has a beautiful temple in which to live. Um, and our emotions are a huge part of that, learning how to use them as a a navigational system instead of suppressing them. This is, these are in many ways the way that our soul gets our attention. Um, so let's let the soul be a gentle, like a rider on a horse that speaks in the subtlest of cues. Can we tune our body in such a way that we can hear the soul better? Fourth pillar is connecting the spirit. And this is about getting into alignment with your soul vibrationally through filling the well. Um, this is where we actually recharge so that we can go back out into the world and have a human experience, uh, a human experience that is empowered and joyful and free and purposeful and all of the good things. Because when your well is filled, that is when you, just like your phone is charged, you go back out and you have enough juice to give to your life and the people around you. And so this is about working with the teachers and the resources that will fill your well and get you into vibrational alignment. You know, Sarah Landon and the council talk so much about vibration, vibration, vibration. And I get it now. If you fix your vibe, not fix it. If you align your vibration first and then you go out into the world, that is the ripple effect you will be sending. Instead of going out a frustrated, tired, depleted human, you enter the world as an overflowing, rippling, like, ball of light and energy if your well is filled. And so this is about learning from the teachers and the sources and filling the well. And I want to be able to share all of the amazing people that in four and a half years of the show and all of the, the their resources, their lists from their books, like this is how we are going to find the sources that will be the vibrational, resonant resources for you so that you can fill your well. And there's also a component of manifesting and law of attraction that is very, very, very different than what you're going to hear out there. Because I believe there is an element that your soul, there is a plan for you and it may not be what your human self wants. And sometimes law of attraction is all about satisfying the small human self. I want to manifest from our soul. And that is where the most power is going to come through too for your creation. So we'll talk about that. And then finally, Taking it to the world, the fourth pillar of soul digger and the community and a soul digger life. This is when you take your soul driven self out into the world. This is when you live your purpose. This is when you learn how to receive. 
this is when you oh, live in divine flow. This is how you apply it to your relationships. This is how you apply it to money. This is how you apply it to politics. All of the things that you encounter in the human experience, this is where we take it to the world because that is part and parcel of being human. I don't think that we came here to, I'm so thankful and grateful to the masters who spent their lives meditating in a cave so that they could hold, I think, a certain vibration or level of energy that was necessary. But that is not my role here in this human lifetime that I have. Mine is to take it to the world. And the people who will be a part of this community will feel called to take it to the world too. And you can't do that by living in a cave all your life or by segregating yourself into some type of a community where you don't encounter the real world. There's nothing wrong with those things. That's just not my life this time around. So I want to take it to the world and I want to spread those ripple effects. So, oh, we've got like two minutes left. So what I will say is if what I have said today resonates for you, this is what it means to be a soul digger. This is why I'm passionate about it. And this is why I'm inviting you to join me as a part of the Founders Club. Doors close. Tuesday, October 1st, we begin Wednesday, October 2nd. Go to my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. Right under my big old picture, you will see a link to find out more and register for the Soul Digger Founders Club. Quick caveat, I'm having an issue with my email service interfacing with the payment system that I use. I, will, I have a huge notice about this in red. Please look for the big red notice under the Join Now button um, because if you do not check the box that says you want to receive the news and announcements, I will not have your email address. And I know this could be a problem for people out there registering who are not already on my list or in my community or who I know. And so I'm, t- I'm, please, I'm pleading with you, please read the big red notice and check the box so that I will have your email address to send it to you. They're working on it, but it's probably not resolved as of this morning, so... Just know that. And if you join with me right now, I just want to offer you there's some special perks. If you're a Sacred Soul, I mean a Sacred Supper Club member, you're going to get 20% discounts on my live events. Um, and I'm planning to do retreats around this. We're going to build the plane as we fly it. And I'm going to be adding bells and whistles. If you join now, you will never pay more than the current monthly price, which is it comes out to 44 bucks a month. I may end up raising this as we add more bells and whistles. But if you join the Founders Club with me, then we are going to keep it at $44 for you for the duration of your membership, no matter how many years this goes on or you want to be a part of it. So that's what I've got for you today, my third solo show. Benny, thanks for running the board. Um, Thank you, all of you out there listening, for being such a wonderful audience and for letting me share my work and for helping me to bring this out into the world. And I love sharing it with you today. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. Go Soul Dig. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.